Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. We're going to be in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. Starting in verse 1 of Luke chapter 7. (laughs) They just keep growing up. Wow. Okay. Now when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant, who was dear to him, was sick and ready to die. And so when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation. And has built us a synagogue. And then Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. And therefore I did not even think think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed." For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Then Jesus heard these, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned around, and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. For those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well, who had been sick. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we we give you thanks in all that you are as our God. Father, we know that that you are that God of healing. Father, we come to you and we pray to you and we lift those, those who are sick before you. And I know that you hear each, each prayer that is there. Father, we thank you for this time to come and worship. We thank you that that we can open your word together to know that it is precious in your sight. Lord, bless this time. And we pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You may be seated, but please leave those Bibles. Leave those Bibles open. You know, I I realize, um, you know, we're <laughs> as we come up on, on Easter, um, that um, generally, generally the church heads into the same, um, the same scripture. Um, and, and, and Easter, there isn't, there isn't a whole lot of variation that we can, that we can do in, in, where, in where scripture leads us and the things that, that we need to be able to discuss. Um, Easter is very important. Um, and I don't want you to think for a moment that that um, I 
I'm, I don't believe that Easter is important. Guys, if, if it wasn't for Easter morning and for the, the, the risen Christ, um, we might as well be out playing golf because we are lost. We are lost. And so don't, don't let what I'm going to say to you um, um, offend you. Um, but you see, there comes a time in, in, in people's lives some people come to church all the time, you know, every week they come to church. Um, other people don't, don't come as often as others. There are those who come, you know, strictly at, at, during the Easter season, and, and that's it. And so we think about what is it that we tell these people, you know, the ones who, who are, are not coming quite as often to church, and, and they show up on, around Easter time. So what message do we actually give them? And, and the thing is, is I, if I was that person who came at Easter, um, uh, I, would, I would hear pretty much the same sermon every time I walked in, into the doors of, of the church. And, and the church can get stuck in a rut and, and, and do the same things um, every, every season. And, and for Christmas we do this. Well, Christmas, we can, we can go into all kinds of directions for Christmas. But, but, uh, but for Easter, we, we really have to stay pretty much um, along the, the, the same lines as, as what we have when you were a child um, going, going to a church. We read the same scriptures. Um, um, we talk about Jesus was, was arrested in Gethsemane um, after the betrayal of, of Judas. Um, Jesus went to, went to court. Um, they, they had this sham of a court. And, and they pushed him through it, and, and they, they found him guilty of blasphemy, um, saying that, that uh, knock this temple down, and in three days it will be rebuilt. You know, and being, being who they were, they figured that he was talking about the real temple when he was talking about the temple, the body, that he would rise three days later. And then he was taken to Pontius Pilate where Jesus was sentenced to death. Sentenced to death. He was uh, beaten. Uh, there was a crown of thorns that was placed on his head, jammed down on his head. Um, and, and it was... And he carried his cross down Via Dolorosa um, all the way to Calvary. And uh, the suffering, the grief. Well, that's what Via Dolorosa means. It's, it's Latin for the way of sorrows, of grief and suffering. Carried that cross all the way to Calvary. Nailed to the cross. It was particularly brutal. Particularly brutal. Um, but, but in, in the light of all that, 700 years earlier, Isaiah wrote about it. Pretty remarkable stuff. And when you think about it, you realize that all this was, was a plan. Yeah, Isaiah writing about it 700 years earlier, and, and, and honestly, in, in Genesis, the Lord could have um, given it to us then that, that the day was going to come when Jesus Christ was going to go to the cross. And, and, but, but 700 years before he was crucified, Isaiah wrote about it. And, and so that just tells you that, that those who, who put Jesus to death did not do so because he was caught off guard. Jesus went to the cross because that was the plan. 
That is what was going to happen. And, you know, and every year we tell the story about Jesus on the cross. And, and, and the problem with this, folks, and, I, and I've found that, that over the years we like to lay guilt trips. And we, and we do that. I, I know that, that many, I think I was talking about it last week, that, that there are those who love to lay that guilt trip on people, that, that every time you sin, you know, someone's there telling you you're driving another nail into the hand of Christ. No, you're not. You sin, I sin. Christ died on the cross once for the forgiveness of our sins. This isn't a repeat offense that, that, that he has to go through and, and to die on the cross. But, but in, in the, the, the guilt-laden way that we like to be, we have people that walk into the church on, on, you know, a couple of times a year, and they walk in here, and what do they hear? It, it's the brutality of, of, the, the, crucifixion, of the crucifixion. It is, look what you've done. Look what you did. Look what Christ did. And, and all we focus on, and it is what we do, we focus on the brutality of the crucifixion. Um, that's, that's where we are. And, and we can't seem to, to get beyond that, that uh, um, the, the brutality uh, of it all. We, we become focused on, on one thing. See, that's why when, when uh, uh, we talk about salvation, we say that salvation comes by, by God's grace through our faith in what Christ did with us, not of your works. You know, it, it's a gift from God. The grace that God gave us is, is the gift. Jesus Christ is that gift. But somehow along the way, we love to be able to say, yeah, but I had to do this in order to be saved. I had to do that. It's, 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 we can't give credit where credit is due. And, and we love to lay guilt trips on people. And, and you know something? We can't do that. We shouldn't do that. And so let's not, and, and what I want you to do is I don't want you to focus on the brutality of what the crucifixion was. And yes, particularly it was gruesome, and it was terrible. But that's why I read you the scripture that I read to you this morning. Um, you know, it, it wasn't an Easter scripture. It isn't. In fact, um, that, that scripture came from the beginning of, of Jesus's ministry. Um, not, not the end, not the end, but the point on this scripture is this, and there's a point to be made. Um, Jesus enters Capernaum, and, and he's approached by these, these elders. These are church elders, church elders. These are the Jewish elders, and, and <clears throat> they, they, they have this centurion, um, and, and the centurion has, has a servant. And this servant is, is deathly ill. He is on, he is on, the, on, their death, on his deathbed. And, and they come up to him and, and they say, Jesus, this centurion, who's a Roman centurion, he's here, he's, he's here following the work of his government, and not all of them were cruel and, and, and terrible people. Some of them were actually, they, they were living there, they, they loved the people that they were over, um, they did things for them, and, and this is who this centurion was. The centurion loved the Jewish people. 
And so as it, in, to show his love for them, he used um, his soldiers, um, they, he built them a synagogue, a place for them to be able to worship. And, and when he did that, of course, there was a bonding between him and, and the Jews that are around him. And, and so they came to him. When they found out his servant was sick, and, and he went to the elders of the Jews, and he said, listen, I know this Jesus. I know who he is. Would you please go and ask him if, if he would come and, and heal my servant? If he could just lay his hand on him, he, he could heal this, this servant of mine. And so as, as the elders come to Jesus, they come to him and they say, listen, this guy, this centurion, is, is someone who we really, we, we care for him, and this is what he has done for us. He, has, he, he loves this nation, he has built a synagogue for us, and you know, he's a really good guy. And because he's a good guy, Jesus, would you come and heal his servant? Because this is something that's important to the centurion. See, was Jesus going to heal his servant? Yeah, yeah, he was. I believe that, that he was. See, Jesus healed a lot of people. And you know, as, as you read the, 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 the four Gospels, and you see where, where Jesus comes into an area, and there are people who, who are deserving, there are people who are not deserving. But there are people who come before Jesus Christ and, and who have a sickness. Some carried on beds. Jesus had a healing ministry when he, was, when he walked this earth and, and, he would, and they would bring him and they would lay him down before him and, and he would lay the, his hands on him and he would heal him. It was some of the most amazing things that you ever saw. People who were bedridden were getting up and walking. The blind were seeing. The deaf were hearing. All of these things that Jesus was doing. Did they all deserve it? No. They didn't deserve it. But... But Jesus was the one who was performing the miracles. And, and he, was, he was getting the attention of, of the people. Um, so Jesus heads off to, to, his, off to the centurion's house. And, um, but on the way, he gets stopped by the centurion's servants. And they come to him and, and they say in, in verses 6 and 7, it said, Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. And therefore, I didn't even think myself worthy to come before you. But just, just say the word. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I'm not worthy that you should enter my house. I'm not worthy that I should even be able to come before you. That's humility. That's humility. You see, look at verse 9. In verse 9 he says, And then Jesus heard these things, and he marveled at the centurion. And he turned around and he said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, 
I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. I, I was there. No, I wasn't there. But, but he says, I was, I was here for the house of Israel, the lost sheep of Israel. These are the ones that, that are supposed to be getting this. And here it is, a Roman centurion, one of the, one of the pagans for crying out loud. He gets it. He gets it. And he says, I'm not even worthy, worthy to, to, to have you come to my house or worthy to be able to stand before you. Jesus, just, just say the word and my servant will be healed. My servant will be healed. And Jesus says, you guys should get this. You should understand this. I haven't seen this kind of faith here, and now here it comes, and it's coming from a Roman Gentile. Come on. You see, I don't know. You know, when you read Scripture, do you ever, do you ever hear, I don't want to say you hear voices, but do you, but do you hear the tone of Jesus' voice when he says that? Do you hear it? You see, there's, there's pleasure in his voice. There's, there's pleasure um, that, that, he, you know, that he finds the faith that, that that centurion has. There's nothing that that centurion had that showed the faith until he did that. There, there is nothing that that centurion could have done. He, he, could, have, he could have come before him. He, he, could have, he could have done all kinds of things. But when he said, Jesus, just, just say the word. Just say the word. And you'll be, and he'll be healed. You see, the centurion was obviously he was a good guy, but did Jesus heal his his servant because the centurion was a good guy? Not at all. Not at all. In Hebrews eleven six, it says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Not difficult. Impossible. Impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is. And that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Guys, this is something for you to remember. That, that God, what is God asking of you? First and foremost, is he asking you to go out and to do work? Is he asking you to do, do all the good things? Is he asking you to feed the, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, do all of the good things that people want to do? Or is he asking you to say, I know that God is God. And I know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. For me. The one who was totally unworthy. You see, it isn't that, that God is, is satisfied in, in so many different ways. He's not asking you, first and foremost, to go out and do all kinds of works. That's not it. What he's asking you first and foremost is to believe that he is God. 
and then to believe that Jesus Christ did what he said he was going to do. You see, it's faith. You can't please God without faith in who he is and what he's done for each and every one of us, even if you're a nice guy. Even if you're a nice guy. So, do I mean to say that being a nice guy won't get you into heaven? Not a chance. You don't have a snowball's chance and you know where of getting into heaven by being a nice guy. Do you see what impressed the Lord? It was your faith. Your true faith. Not faith. Boy, we were talking about that this morning in Sunday school. It's not faith. It's faith. It comes here. There are those who believe that, that Jesus is God. They believe it. Do they believe it? There's a difference. This doesn't say, Lord, just speak the word and it'll be done. This says, speak the word and it'll be done. It's a heartfelt faith. It's the strength of of that faith. You see, you see the point. I want you to understand this morning. It is, is understand that today what, what we're talking about here is faith. We're not talking about, about the brutality of, of, of the crucifixion. That's why I chose this scripture in, in verse 7. It really doesn't have anything to do with the brutality of the crucifixion. The fact, in fact, I don't think that the Lord wants you to fixate on, on the, the brutality of the crucifixion. I believe that the Lord wants you to realize that, that what he did, he did for you. He did it for you. This is personal. This is a personal thing. I believe that when Jesus Christ was on the cross, when he was hanging on that cross, he knew my name and he knew your name. And he knew whether you were going to accept him as Lord and Savior or whether you weren't whether your faith was going to be stuck in your head or whether your faith was going to travel that 18 inches down into your heart. He knew it. He knew it. You see, Jesus Christ paid the price for your sins. And it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Oh boy, I shouldn't say it this way. I was going to say, it doesn't matter whether you're here every Sunday, which you should be here every Sunday. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. You should be here every Sunday. But I want you to know that if you only show up on one day a week, or one day, one day a year, that when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he went there for you. He shed his blood for you. All you got to do is believe it. All you got to do is believe it and let him come right here. Take it from here, put it here, and know what he did for you. You see, I'm not going to say, you haven't shown up in, in, in 50 other weeks. That's considering that you came twice in one year. I'm not saying that. It has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do that he knows your name. And he did it for you. And he could have called your name from the cross. Could have called it from the cross. 
Guys, there's, there's no... Um, we're not going to lay guilt trips on anybody here. This is about a God who loves you and what he did for you. And that's what's important here today. You see, the crucifixion demands a response from us. It does. The whole, the whole Easter process that we go through, the, the, the crucifixion, the, the rising from the dead, all of this, it, it demands a response from us. It can be, yes, it must have been brutal. And, and then you walk away and, and, and you forget about it. You forget about it. You see, that's what the, thinking about the brutality does for you. You, you push it out of your mind. You, you hear it one Sunday a year and, and yeah, you push it out of your mind. But what you can't push out of your mind is that he did it for you. When you get down and you get personal about this, and, and, and this is what it should be. Then you believe in what Jesus Christ did, did for you. What he did for me. What he did for each and every one of us. He went through all of that and he did it. He did it for you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for being our God. I thank you for loving us. But Lord, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for what he, what he did on the cross. And Lord, I know that, that, that there, it was brutal what he went through. But Lord, in the hearts of each person that's here, I want them to know what was accomplished on that cross. Because I know that that is where the Lord wants us to be in what was accomplished on that cross. And what was accomplished is that Jesus Christ shed his blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the sins of all who will accept him for who he is and for what he did. Lord, we give you thanks. It isn't as if this is something that we deserve. It isn't as if we've earned this. But by your grace, you sent your son to die on a cross. And our faith in what Jesus did for us, then, through our acceptance, you can, we can be saved. Thank you, Father, for being our God, for loving us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.